What's up, everyone, and welcome to Lift Every Voice, where every voice holds weight. I am the host, Marcus Blewett, and this is the sixth episode. And on today's episode, I have a guest coming to the show who I've been knowing for about 15 years at least. We grew up together, played a lot of sports together, a lot of basketball, football, softball, playing video games, and much more craziness. He needs no more further introduction. I would like to welcome Michael Cross to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm nervous. <laughs> no, you good, bro. Just sit back, be yourself. So, Mike, we've been basically knowing each other our whole life. I'm 22 years old and you 23, right? Okay. So, um, talk a little bit about your upbringing as a child and how you was raised. I was pretty much born in Chicago, Illinois. I grew up in the inner city on the west side, North Lawndale area, or to, to some, you know, holy city. At high school, I kind of moved to the suburbs. I didn't have both parents. I was pretty much raised by my mom. Um, I seen my dad, you know, I knew who he was. You know, I seen him from time to time. You know, he's a cool guy. They, they instilled in me values and morals, um, treat people the right way, um, don't mistreat anybody. Um, look at everybody the same. Don't look at anybody any different um, because of what they do or, or or anything, any actions they may have. You know, they just taught me the right thing. So, so my upbringing is pretty much just being a good person. I've been raised to be a good person, so that's why that's why I try to be. So you talked about how you um, went to the suburbs at one point, going to high school. What made you? What made your mom move from being in the inner city Chicago to move into a more safer and more better environment in the suburbs? Well, where I'm from in the inner city is um is majority African American. Um, you know, you rarely see a Caucasian or you know Hispanic. You know, it's rare. You know, it's majority African American. So, what what the move did for me, um, it opened my eyes. It it put me on a a different plane of diversity. Well, I was introduced to you know different races, you know different kinds of people. I was always taught not to treat anybody any different. So you know, I, I still treat everybody the same, but. Um, you know, I seen a lot more things, you know, things I wouldn't see in the inner city. Like what? I was inside a mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> man, <laughs> I never been in a mansion before. I was in a mansion before. Yeah. Um, I rode in a Maserati. Okay. Um one of a few of my friends had Land Rovers, Range mm-hmm. Rovers, and Lexuses, Infinities. Yeah. You know, things I ain't have for myself, you right. know what I'm saying? Things we just wouldn't have seen, you know, so so what encouraged my mom to move to the suburbs was to give me a better opportunity, you know, yeah. to open my eyes, you know, so I, I I want more for myself. If somebody asked the question, who is Michael Cross, how would you like to be defined? I would like to be defined as intelligent, reliable, dependable, you know, same thing, either or. Those are the words that I want to define, define as a hard worker, good father. You know, yeah, good person. Those things, those things are important to me. Damn, you said something that I want to go back to. Oh, you said something about something about being a man and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
being a man. Yeah. For you, what's your definition of being a man? What consider me being a man yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, what's your definition of being a man, a young man right now at 23? I do everything I can for my family right now. Mm-hmm. Anything I could do for any one of my family, I do it. My family respect me. I, sh- I show my family respect. Yeah. I carry myself with dignity outside of my house. In public, I carry myself with dignity. I keep my head high. I, I do all the right things, or what I believe to be is the right things. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a man. Out of those characteristic traits, what is something that you realized about them? You got to seek these things, like, the things you want, you have to go find them. Like I want, I want to be a man, or I'm trying to be a, a better man every day. I gotta try to be a better man every day. You know, I just can't speak on how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you gotta seek these things. You know, sometimes people don't try to better themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that that could be a, a number one issue right there. Just bettering yourselves. I know a lot of. African Americans talk about self empowerment, but what about empowering everybody? Like, you don't want to see everybody empowered. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how I feel. Um, no, that that's very true, and I'm glad you said that because being in Chicago, bro, you see a lot of just hate and being people being put down, or like you simply said, not helping each other out. Yeah. They'll push themselves up so high, but put somebody else down. But it's like, damn, you don't want to see everybody win. Yeah. Like, why we all can't help each other? Yeah. So if I'm, while I'm trying to be the best me every day, I if I could help somebody be a better them, I I will. Mm-hmm. If that's that's what I'm doing along the way, I will. I don't have no problem with that. Every day, yeah. every day, I look forward to helping somebody every day. Yeah, that's how everything ought to be. Like, I think that's what's holding a lot of Chicago people back. To be honest, cause don't nobody want to see somebody win. Like yeah. call it taking it out, taking you out your glow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it's literally called. Take you out bro. your glow, motherfucker. See you doing good. They hell no. What's your ideal situation in the next five, ten years? Where will Michael Cross like to be? Electrical construction. That's okay. that's my career. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's what I plan on doing for the next. You know, take care of my family. That's what. I, that's what I plan on doing for the rest of my life now. There's going to be little things along the way, materialistic things, but, you know, that don't matter. For people who don't know or not familiar with um, electrical construction, what's some of the things you do? Um, Well, for me, it's residential. Okay. It's all, it's all kinds of electrical work that you can do. But for me, it's, it's strictly residential, like housing. Going inside houses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. A happy Father's Day. You know, I want to say that again, bro. Happy <laughs> Thank Father's you. Thank Day. you so much, bro. This is what, your first Father's Day or second one? It's my first. First one. How was the feeling? Yeah. I woke up, I washed my cot. <laughs> <laughs> nah, That's what it means to be a father. Yeah, pretty much, man. Like, every day will be Father's Day. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You'll want to do for your child every day. Yeah. There's no particular day that'll make you a father, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to be that every day. Yeah. I mean, so in the media, a lot of times, I know you have the perception of African-American, especially young African-Americans that well, they're not in their child life or they're not doing as much. How important does it mean to you to do for your child? 
it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's very important for me to provide for my family. You know, that's that's just a value that my parents instilled in me. I should provide for my family. Yeah. I shouldn't look for no woman to provide for me or, you know, things like that. And if I'm I'm adult enough to have a child, I should be able to take care of my child. And, you know, so it's very important. It's, it's number one priority right now because mm-hmm. I have a child. So, you know, it's just number one priority right now. All right. So being a father for almost a year now, what are some of the challenges you have came across? Like what's so if what's so hard about being a father so far? Um, communication. Okay. You know, I I actually I I pride myself on communication. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to communicate with people, you know, talking to people and stuff like that. But you know, me and my child's mother, we all we don't see eye to eye all the time. You know. Yeah. Miscommunication. You know. Yeah. I yeah. figure it's just miscommunication because. You know, no matter what, it's always a way to figure something out. And when you, sometimes you have a, a miscommunication with someone, and then y'all both turn y'all back, you know? Yeah. And when y'all could have just, you know, figured it out, a different outcome to, you know, please everybody up. Yeah, I mean. Because we, no, we never was, was together, basically. Okay. Say that. Let me just put that out there, like, you know. <laughs> so you think, do you think that's like... I wouldn't say a fuck up, but <laughs> not like I'm not saying it no, like that. Bro. Like not being together, and no. so y'all ain't build no type of. No, you feel me? I knew her for a long time, so I, I mean, it was it's not a random person. Okay. That's another thing that you know I can't really say like oh I just random had a one night stand. You know I I knew this person you know prior to things mm-hmm. like that. The communication is just is very important. It's not no fuck up. This it's a blessing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have my child, you know. I'm blessed to to see a, a brighter future for her. And that's that's all I care about. But, you know, as far as communication goes, by, by us not being together, by us not staying together, you know what I'm saying? We gotta talk on the phone, you know, we gotta we gotta communicate from a distance. Yeah, we just gotta work on the communication. I mean, at some point with the ultimate goal be having you, your baby moms, and your daughter in the same household because um, you grew up in a single parent household and yeah, yeah that 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 was the goal. Mm-hmm. That was the goal, but right now that's not that's not the best situation. Yeah, cause cause we not. You know, the good communication not like that. that. No, yeah. the communication just not that. You know. Okay. But our daughter's happy. You know, that's all that matter. Based on your experience, being in a single parent household could have a major impact on the kid's life, or not really. I say it could. It could How so? Because you gonna you gonna receive everything. You are gonna get everything. Everything you want. But you gonna question. You gonna have one question in your head, like why. Why wasn't my parents together? Because you're going to see families that's together. Right. At school. Yeah. Stole, you know, something like that. When a little kid at school raised his hand, you know, he say, my mom, my dad. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're It's just about. little things like that. Like, um, I'll give you an example. Um, My daughter, she has a, a cousin, older cousin. He's four. Okay. Um, His name is Makai. 
you never get to see his dad. I don't know it's the whole situation or whatnot. But one day he he asked me, he was like, he was like, Mike, when am I gonna see my dad? And I was just like, I, I kind of like, I stopped for a minute. I paused because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then he continued to say that, um, I know I'm going to see him one, one, one day and we're going to go bowling. He just didn't know, you know, and I didn't know because I don't, you know, involve myself with pretty much anybody business. When he said that, I was just so shocked. I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But I said was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just encouraged him. Like, right. yeah, you're going to see your dad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, if that's what you want, I'm just going to encourage you. Like, yeah, you're going yeah, you to see him. And then just switch this detention to something else. Like, you know, we was playing basketball. We ended up playing basketball out of that conversation. And, you know, things like that, it's just important to be around, Marcus. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, you just want to, to make the best possible situation for a child. You know, yeah. when you don't have an outstanding relationship with a person and you have a child, y'all, it might not be, might be rocky at first. Mm-hmm. The communication might not be there. And it's not good for y'all to be together. Yeah, I mean, it might it might have an effect on the child later. But for right now, she happy. You know, that's all that matters. So having a kid, did it inspire you to make more and be better for yourself? Yeah, you know, I, you know how it is. You know, when selling drugs and doing all the wrong things. You know, you yeah. go to college. You know, you you out late night, you drinking. It ain't that's not the wrong thing all the time. But when you doing it so much, it's like you just always doing the wrong thing. You know? Yeah. I did that. I did that. I sold drugs. You know, I did all those things. All those things that I wasn't supposed to do. I went to college. You know what I'm saying? I spent more time out than I did in class. You know, things like that. Like, I, I did all that. Yeah. And then I had a child. I was saying to myself that I got to do better now. So now I'm getting involved with electrical construction. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm just pushing myself in a, in a different direction, you know? Yeah, that's good, bro. Like, like you got to. I'm young. I'm a black man. I don't have no record. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't saying, you know, I had the pounds or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying I was El Chapo. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying none of that, but I'm saying, like, I did what I did, and it was risky. Right. Regardless, you know what I'm saying? Right. No matter what it was, it was risky to go to jail for that. And who, who want to sit in jail? Sometimes I can't sit in my room. I'm like an outside person, you know? Yeah. Being in our environment, all the time we see a lot of crackheads. You feel me? Alcoholics, homeless people begging for food and shit. You see a lot of stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> you really do, bro. Like, going up 16, you already know what the hood look like. So you trying to do better for yourself to get into, um, what you say, electric construction, right? Electrical construction. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to get into that. Do you think a lot of people go wrong at letting their environment control what they want to do in life? Yeah, of course. Do you think that's like a fucked up mindset to have your environment limit you to to your goals? Because like people, people only going, people on the blocks, they only want you to be equal as to them. They don't want you to go off and do no better shit. So if you see people on the block all selling drugs, all ain't doing shit, people think like, damn, I only can do this. I only can be this. I can't go go off to school. I can't be no college student. I can't get no degree. I can't get into construction. I can't get into real estate. 
So they only do block shit. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, people that you put yourself around, yeah, are ultimately the people that can elevate. That's true. You put yourself around people that was gonna bring you down. Mm-hmm. Then you know that might not elevate you. Mm-hmm. But if you surround yourself with people that want better for themselves, yeah, then they gonna want better for you too. And I I just think like. In the environment that we in, there's more people that don't care. You know, they don't really, it don't really matter to them, mm-hmm. you know, what we trying to do. Yeah. They doing their own thing. You know what I'm saying? When you find, like, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta look at it like your friends, they gonna always tell you to do the right thing. And if, if your friends encouraging you to do wrong, they're not your friends, you know, but you gotta have a strong enough mind to evaluate. Yeah, and, and figure these things out. But yeah, what you think, Mark? I know you've been around. You've been around the environment too. Mm-hmm. Did it affect you in any kind of way? Damn, like, that's... like, was it the people that you surrounded yourself with that helped you excel, or did you surround yourself with people who didn't want to see you excel? It's funny because I kind of want to say it wasn't the people. More than it was my family. Yeah. Like, my family was the one that was pushing me to, like, yeah, you got to stay in school. You got to get good grades. I don't want to see C's or D's. And I had to make sure my grades was good. But then when I got to high school, my friends around me, like, inspired me to want to do better. And they wanted me to get good grades because it was more like a competition than anything. It was this boy named DeMonte. He was number one. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, damn, he number one, but I'm number two. So I'm I'm trying to get him, but, like, we cool, everybody cool, but we always asking, like, what's your GPA? Like, all right, I'm going to catch you. So it was kind of those people, those conversations, that friendly competition that made me be like, all right, I want to get good grades, and I'm not afraid to get good grades, or I'm not, like, I want to actually do something. Right. And then I had a counselor by the name of um, Mr. Jude Laude, who, this man thirsty, bro. Anything about college, <laughs> he thirsty. He jumping up and down, jumping off the stage, like almost falling. Like, we going to college. We going to college. Like, you going to be somebody. Yeah. Like, we ain't really understood. We laughed at him for two, three years, bro. It was like, man, we don't believe him. Like, we not going to college. Like, we ain't breaking no records. Like, he was telling us we was going to break school records for, like, getting the high test scores, the high GPAs, sending people to college. We didn't believe him. Like, junior year, all of that shit came true. Like, we breaking records. We getting, like, senior year, we got the most scholarship money. More than 80% of our class went to college. We all, four years later, damn, uh, like, half of that graduated or maybe more than half of that. So maybe around like 60% that went to school, 70% all graduated, all getting degrees. Like we future lawyers, doctors, like social workers. So like being around our friends and my family, most importantly, made me want to do something. So did you leave some friends behind? It wasn't by choice though. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm trying to be this and you this, so I can't rock with you. It was just more that, you know how in eighth grade, do you still talk to people from eighth grade you graduated with? Yeah, my See? my closest, you know, my closest buddy. You know, yeah. yeah, but me, like, I don't really talk to nobody I graduated like eighth grade with. Like, everybody just kind of fell off, or everybody just ain't fucking with everybody. High school, I still talk to, like, a couple people every now and then, 
But it's kind of like the new generation. We kind of like if we see your ass on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. If you post something, you good. Yeah, so you're more likely to keep up with them on social yeah, media. Yeah, social media yeah. than to text them. Yeah, but to sum up your question, I didn't let my environment or I won't let my environment stop me or limit me from reaching my goals. It's about making the right choices and having faith. Have you ever made a choice in your life that fucked up your future? Or still has some impact <laughs> in your life right now that happened years ago. No. No. Do you regret anything? No regret. Yeah, that's how you gotta live. Why? Because I don't know if you believe in God. I know that's kinda like a weird topic, you know, to talk mm. about, you know, how America is. Yeah. So we got a, a, a platform right now that's public. You know what I'm saying? Some people may turn off the podcast when they hear this. You know, yeah, yeah. when they hear you talk about God, the podcast, they might turn the podcast off, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's basically, it's basically God. I read a scripture, John 12, 24, I believe. And what he says is, if you love your life, you will lose your life. And if you, if you hate, you will hold the hate for eternal life. So I try, I don't regret anything. I don't hate nothing. You know, I just, I don't have anything in my past that's affecting me right now because I'm all about moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the future. So yeah, that's that's something I, I learned, you know, trying to get in touch with my spirituality. I I encourage everybody to get in touch with themselves. Get in tune with yourself, you know. <laughs> you know, everybody be getting in tune with everybody else. Like, get in tune with yourself. Figure out who you are, like. That's 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 a challenge within itself. You figure out that you like a lot of different things, you know. Just figure yourself out. Nowadays, I think people let their friends dictate their life too much. Like if they friends tell them, "Nah, that's not cool," or "Nah, you shouldn't do that," or "That's lame," or "That's ugly," then they don't really want to fuck with that anymore or do whatever anymore. But like you said, that might be what they really like. That might be who they is. But They'll never know because somebody else telling them what to do. Another thing, I always look at myself like a leader. Not mm -hmm. like, not like you know how I can't be amongst my friends. You know, you know how when people take power to their head or whatever, they kind of be standoutish. You know, I'm I'm not really standout outish, but I don't do anything because somebody else want to do it. Like, just because you jumped off the bridge don't mean I'm coming to jump off the bridge with you. Yeah. I, I always looked at myself as a leader because I made decisions for myself. I never let anybody make the decision for me. And yeah, with that being said, continue to be a leader and be the best you, Mike. Um, I would like to say that sums up. This episode of Lift Every Voice, I would like to say thank you, Mike, for coming on my show. Thank you for putting me on the show. You know what I'm saying? I was uh, I was thirsty for a long time. <laughs> I was calling you to get an interview. Like, yeah, put so me like, on that. Put two months ago. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I like the podcast, man. Keep doing your thing, man. All right, thank you, Mike. Take it to New Heights, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lift Every Voice. I appreciate all your listens. Make sure you follow me on SoundCloud and also subscribe on Apple's podcast app. If you would like to get in contact with me or get to know me a little bit more, you can find me on Facebook at Marcus Blewett and also on LinkedIn at Marcus Blewett. Once again, make sure you stay tuned for more episodes of Lift Every Voice. Thank you.